aside from having to talk to me, how's your day going so far? Uh, you know what? I can't complain, man. It's good. You know what I'm saying? We're going to start the week off right and, and, you know, see what we can do. So good. There you go. I assume you're not in New York, Pennsylvania. Where are you dialing in from? Phoenix. Phoenix right now. Phoenix, Arizona. York, Pennsylvania has given the world a lot of great musical artists besides yourself, like Poison and Live and all that. Who right. were some of the, the artists that you knew growing up that you went, they made it from York, so can I? You know, I, so, you, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of rock, you know what I'm saying, influences coming from, you know what I mean, from, from York. Not many for the hip hop world, you know right. what I mean? Um but you know, truthfully, early on, man, I was I was I was super fascinated by Ice Cube. <laughs> you know what I mean? That whole, you know, when when I end up leaving York, you know, I end up uh, putting my roots down there out west, and he was just such a big figure that yeah. it definitely opened up my eyes to a whole new uh, genre and and space of music for sure. Got it. Well, let's talk about you, not York, Pennsylvania. You got a great new single, Pressure. When did you actually finish Pressure? Oh, uh, you know what? We I finished Pressure maybe two months ago. Like I said, I was out there in LA working on my EP, Highly Favored, which is dropping uh, January 20th. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, I was just in, in the studio working, got with a couple producers. And um, shout out to my guy, J-Rock from uh, TDE. You know what I mean? But um, we've been you know, trying to work together for a while. And I end up, uh, like I said, putting this body of work together, man, and sent it over to him and he sent it back. And, you know, it's, it's definitely been uh, sparking a lot of interest and a lot of buzz, you know? Right. Your credits are incredible in terms of not just the numbers and the critical acclaim, but how many superstar artists have signed off on you, have given you the co-sign from Rick Ross, The Game, Kendrick's yeah. team, TDE. Yeah. Uh, hey, that's a... That's a very humbling, but also a gracious uh, position to be in. You know what I mean? You know, even outside of just, you know, um, meeting them personally, you know what I'm saying? It, it's also a great feeling to know that they respect the craft and, you know, also appreciate it and kind of see it the same way that I do. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, man, you know, shout out to Kendrick. He's definitely, you know what I mean? A peer of mine who, who you know, sometimes when I just need to, you know, converse or get a little bit of outside, um, you know, you know, outside viewpoint of, of, of somebody legendary, he's definitely there. Uh, same with Rick Ross, you know what I mean? I was, it's, it's been a good thing for me to have a personable and business relationship with Rick Ross as of probably the last year or so. Um, it, it's just, like I said, it's, it's kind of dope just to know that like people of that stature, you know what I mean? Really appreciate and respect uh, the vision and the music that I'm trying to, you know, pump out to the masses. One thing I, I'm a big fan of about you besides the music is that you are you in your music. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When, when we listen to the, the lyrics, you make yeah. pop culture references that show that you are very aware of TV and film, all For that sure. kind of stuff. You talk about love and yeah. commitment. Yeah. Uh, you are under the name Richie Evans. I, I know that you started under the name Juice, but yeah. you are Richie Evans. It's this relatable person, even if you are a star. When did you kind of realize, hey, I could be a person and I don't have to be a character like most other rappers? For sure. And, you know, it's crazy that you that you bring that up because that was, you know, that's ultimately a part of my big uh, mission. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, mm -hmm. early on in my career, I was signed to one of the biggest artists in the game. Um, mm -hmm. I, I used to go by the moniker Juice and, 
you know, at that time, I've seen a lot of things transition, you know what I'm saying? Business-wise, i.e., you know, there was a big fallout between him and 50 Cent and, you right. know, some other things. And, but I also seen that that kind of uh, slowed down a lot of business that we had going on. You know what I mean? It kind of started, you know, mustering up a lot of things that necessarily wasn't beneficial for, for what we was trying to do. And I felt that I started seeing myself kind of just get caught up in it without being caught up in it, if that makes sense. I felt like, you know, being signed to him and everything that was going on with him, me being a part of his brand and his label, automatically I was tied into that as of representation. And as time went on, man, I just, you know, I, I, I really wanted to make it just about doing great business and music. You know what I mean? Didn't want to deal with the chaos, didn't want to deal with all, all, you know, all the stuff that was kind of going on. So, you know, in order to really stand in my own alignment in my own shine, man, I just, hey, like, hey, I, I, I got to stand on my own too. I did end up cutting the moniker Juice and I started going by the name that my mother gave me, which is Richie Evans. And I feel that there's nothing more authentic and more realer than the name your mama gave you. You know what I mean? There's no facade. There's no, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors. This is what you authentically get. And I, and I, I, I hope that people appreciate and, and uh, uh, stand, stand with me on that. With the name Richie, you do call yourself Rich on some of your lyrics, right? right. There. Is there a name hierarchy? Like once they get close to you, you become Rick? Right. Well, it's funny that you said it because that's definitely what it is. So the, the, <laughs> the, the highest hierarchy, though, comes from my mother, though. And, I, and I'll say this, you know, uh, a lot of supporters and fans, of course, they call me Richie. A lot of my clo close friends, they call me Rich or Rick. But my mother... She calls me Richard. <laughs> and once you, know you get I mean? there, that's once you, you get there, mind. right, right. So yeah. that's a it's just a different level. But hey, that's just for moms, though. And speaking of Rick's, Rick Ross, I believe you're part of the campaign for his spirit brand. How did that happen? Yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying. You know, Rick Ross has the um, the um, the champagne Bel Air. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, like I said, you know, me, 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 me and Ross have been kind of hanging out the last couple months. Like I said, you know, he's on my EP dropping on January 20th. Um, and we just, like I said, took a liking to just one's energy. I've been to a couple shows with him. We worked in the studio together. We just actually last week wrapped up our video for that single as well. And um, I think he just kind of just enjoyed and, 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 and loved the energy and vibe that me and my team possessed. Plus, you know, I'm definitely a social drinker. So, uh, you know, he kind of was like, hey, man, you know, I, I kind of like your energy, you know, and, and your style. It kind of fits with one of my new um, brands. That's how, you know, let's see if we can make something happen. And uh, he sent me a, a, a case of Vion, which is actually a, um, a cognac under that brand. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, man, it's been on ever since. You know what I mean? We got a, a campaign starting. I want to say billboards go up on the West next week. So yeah, it's definitely been a, a good, a good beneficial thing for me right now. A little pattern I'm noticing is your career is almost like a game of chess where you're sure. planning three or four moves ahead and we don't find out about them until you feel it's right, the, the sure. right time for that. For sure. And, and, and I'm, I'm definitely big on that. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a strategic mover. Um, you know, I, I, I just also believe that, you know, you got to position yourself at the right times to, you know, provide... Sure you know, right, right things for people. I think that, you know, if, if you don't, I think that that's how sometimes you can burn out, 
you know what I'm saying, as an artist, or maybe sometimes, you know what I'm saying, you could overly, ex overly access yourself to, you know what I'm saying, the music population. So I'm definitely strategic and, and, and definitely uh, a person who, 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 uh, who moves kind of strategic. So reading between the lines here in the future, we're going to see all the Richie Evans brands and projects yes. where you start executive producing everyone else's stuff. Yes, most definitely. Yes, sir. Cool. So the EP is coming out very soon. Yeah. How far? You don't have to give me any exclusives, but how far ahead are you planned in terms of the recording output? Uh, well, like I said, as far as the EP, the EP is completely finished. I'm already working on Holly Favorite 2 and I'm working on my official debut album uh, that'll be coming out later that summer. So I'm definitely ahead of the schedule right now just to make sure that I stay consistent with, um, you know, like I said, man, a lot of this attention that I'm getting from the pressure record and just from the okay. um, excitement and build up from the, from the EP. And is touring going to be a large part of what you do? Because some artists, the record is everything. And then other yeah. artists go, well, you know what? We record it once and then the song evolves live. And let's right. be honest, we make our money on the road. For sure, definitely. No, definitely touring is, is, is definitely a big piece of this whole program. Um, I'm always big on uh, getting in front of people, you know what I'm saying? High-fiving, kissing babies, and really just getting that human, intera <laughs> human interaction and a connection. I think that it, um, it helps thrive the music a little bit more. And, you know, I, you know, you know also I, I, I think it just does wonders for us as artists just to know that, you know, people come out and, and, and support, you know, it keeps us thriving for sure. The kissing babies thing, that that's hilarious. That that all started, I guess, with presidential races and all that, that right. they had to do that. That term hasn't evolved, though. The, most things have evolved, but the kissing babies. <laughs> I, I, I love that you still use that. So uh, down to the last two, three questions here, Richie. Um, besides your music, what should we be watching for? Is there a TV show or a movie recommendation that you could pass along? Um, I would, I would definitely, definitely have to say, hmm, I have a, I have a wide variety of TV shows and, and movies and stuff that I watch. Cause I'm definitely a movie buff. Definitely that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, you know, I can tell from your lyrics. You yeah, have yeah, a great kinda, Tebow reference or two in your lyrics. <laughs> right. Yeah. It kind of helps me create, you know what I'm saying? This kind of gives me a, a different type of vision. Yeah. Um, I would say honestly, uh, what am I watching? That's 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 really uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know if you heard of this, but there's this show called The Handsmaid's Tale on Hulu. Have you heard about it? Oh, I've heard about it. It's definitely something. That is, it's definitely interesting. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm definitely tuned into that. I'm also tuned into the you know Kardashians as well. You know what I'm saying? I gotta. I got to see what's really going on within the culture, you know, you know, specifically knowing that they have they, their, their, their thumb on it. So, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, watching a, and, and listening to a wide range of, of, of things. So you go smart and you go dumb. Highbrow yeah. and lowbrow. Together. Got to do it. All together. And then my last question for you, I've mentioned so many people that have endorsed you publicly and or right. you've worked with and all that. Is there still one collaborator that you're chasing that you go, this is the person I have to work with. And once that happens, I've made it. Yes, actually there's two. Uh, I'll give you three. 
Okay. I've always been a fan of Chris Brown and I've always felt that we would make a great, great record. Usher is another one. And I would have to say, even though I've met him uh, prior on when I used to be signed with Game and, 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 and we had certain types of, uh, certain, certain types of um, interaction, but I would have to say Nas. Right. Who is hot as ever and also has a restaurant and also has brand. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Richie, I look forward to seeing whatever comes from you next, whether it's one of these business ventures, whether it's the full length album, whatever it is, keep up all the greatness out there. Man, I got you, Darren. I appreciate your time, brother. Outrocast. Hey, Jay, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you phenomenally. How are you? Two thumbs up because I'm speaking to a legend in the making. Are you doing fine today? Oh, I, you know what? I can't complain at all. Life is amazing. Yeah, I was reading about you signing with Impact in, it was almost like a surprise, an unsolicited thing where they came to you and they sought you out. Any idea what the match or the thing of yours that they saw where they said, we have to get this person was? I think, um... I actually worked with Impact first uh, around this time last year. And I think that that's where Impact Wrestling first put their eyes on me. But at that time, I don't really feel as though I was ready per se. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't feel like I was at that level just yet. I was like right there, but I wasn't at that level just yet. And I think Impact was very right to wait a while for me to, you know what I mean? Just season up and, you know, be, you know, I mean, I'm using food terminology here, but season up and, you know, I mean, taste the best that I can before they take a bite, right? So <laughs> um, I, I think that they did phenomenal with that because now a year later, I feel way more confident in my skill set and who I am to be able to be out there and, you know, pump my chest out and be able to share the locker room with people who some of them actually grew up watching like Rhino and Mickey James. And now I'm like, before last year, I was in the locker room like, oh my God, I'm in the locker room with them. Do I belong here? Now I'm there with my chest up and my head high and saying, no, these are my peers. Right. How long was it from getting that call from Impact to actually debuting as a contracted wrestler? So I ended up um, going to Las Vegas I want to say about a month ago or so and mm -hmm. that's when um i worked with uh with impact since last year i contacted them and i said hey i'm gonna be out in vegas these dates i'm just wondering if you guys have anything open and available for me and luckily they contacted me a week before and they said hey jay we got something it's actually gail kim which is really awesome because i really looked mm -hmm. up to her when i was a kid um contacted me she's like hey jay you know we got something for you be there this day and I said perfect I'm there and ended up doing the stuff with Giselle Shaw and she's a tremendous top tier athlete um mm -hmm. and they said yeah you're going to be her executive hairstylist and content creator and it's funny because that whole day backstage people were coming out to me like did you hear anything yet did you hear anything yet and I'm like no am I supposed to hear something and they're just like oh never mind I'm like okay so I said goodbye to everybody and flew back uh, over to South Florida. And when I got off my flight, it was when, uh, when I had the missed call um, from Tommy Dreamer. And he was like, hey, Jay, you know, call me back whenever you get a chance to. And I called him back and 
he laid everything out for me that they're going to offer me a contract. And I was on cloud nine. I can imagine. And, and that's another name you've already mentioned. Gail Kim, Mickey James, Tommy Dreamer. It's a roster full of up and coming talent. Today's stars, tomorrow's stars, but also a lot of people that you grew up watching. It's a very interesting mix in the impact locker room these days. Yes, I think it's such a healthy mix of, you know, new up and coming talent. And you got the guys who are still there at the top and then the people there who are legends who mm -hmm. are helping guide everybody through the obstacles that they had to face. So we as new up and coming talent don't have to face those obstacles and we could reach where we want to reach to much quicker. So I do love the mix of, you know, generations, if you will, that's shared inside the impact locker room just about every performer that you speak with you say so what's your goal in the company and they all say well i'm going to be the world heavyweight champion that kind of a thing is it the same exact thing for you or are you one of those no the x division title is where i want to be so my goal personally as jay vidal is to become the x division champion i watched uh, impact wrestling all through my, you know, preteens and teens is when I discovered them. Um, and when I first tuned in, the thing that locked me the most was, okay, what, oh, the X division, what's this? Oh yeah. my God, these guys are like, you know, smaller guys, but they're going out there. And a lot of times they were outperforming everybody else on the card. And that's just, I knew that I wanted to be a part of that division. And ultimately I would love to, you know, hold up that X division championship. I mean, I'm signed as a impact wrestling's first openly gay male wrestler. And I know that I broke down that barrier, but to not just be that, but to also become impacts first gay, openly gay, I should say X division champion. That mm -hmm. is just, you know, uh, a goal now in and of itself to do for not just me, but for the LGBTQ plus community. In terms of that community, when did you first start to notice that it was okay to be yourself on a regular basis? For me, in noticing the wrestling community, and tell me if I'm wrong here, I would say it's about three, four years ago when Effie just started outwardly branding everything the way that Effie wanted to. I love that you brought Effie into this. So fun fact, it was actually Gangrel uh, I want to say in about 2018, I was two years into wrestling mm -hmm. and he and I were, we were, um, I used to go and pick him up and it was probably because he could actually drive to the shows, but he would want me to go pick him up and take him back. You know, he'd offer to pay for gas, whatever. But the point was that he would always drop knowledge on me on the way there and on the way back above everything else. And he and I grew very close. He's a mentor to me. And I remember one day he just asked me, he's like, are you gay? And I was like, no, no, no. It turns out I told one of the students, one of the students told him, he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah no, no, I'm, I'm straight. I'm straight. You know, me being in the closet and wrestling. And then he's like, hey, you know, I, I drop a lot of knowledge on you. I help you out a lot. The least you could do is, you know, tell me if you are. And I was like, wow. okay, yeah, I am. And it was like this silence for a second and he's like so why don't you tell the world and I'm just like you know I'm just you know I, I I'm scared that you know they're gonna stop booking me or they're gonna take the belts off of me because he's just a trainer at the place he wasn't the promoter and he's mm -hmm. like 
you know what, F that, you know, if the promoter doesn't like you because you're gay and being your authentic self, then, you know, screw him. There's other places to work. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And he's like, you go and be yourself. And ever since then, I was able to come out in wrestling. And uh, through that, I had Effie who followed me on social media. And I actually met at a show. I was helping set up a ring in 2018. That's when I initially met Effie, but he followed me on social media since then and saw my rise. And he gave me a platform you know, to, to be able to perform in front of a bigger audiences, at least at that time, that was, a, you know, bigger audiences I would wrestle in front of. And I think that that ultimately, you know, led to not just me being able to get more fans, but to also like have that confidence in myself that I could go to these other states and still, you know, be as loved or adored by, and accepted by those fans to now being able to do it on a national level um, and international level for that sake with impact wrestling. Right. Well, the last question I have before I let you go in having spoken at now with probably 70% of the impact roster, I'm learning that everybody loves wrestling, but they have that second career that they're always eyeing. Like Mickey James is a great singer. Moose secretly plays the piano, but it also maybe wants to have a fashion line. Everyone has their other thing. What's your number two or your side hustle that we might eventually see as a career? Um, so something, and I kind of, I kept this to myself, but something that I would love to do, um, a very good friend of mine is uh, Mia Yim. And I adore how like, you know, she goes on there and plays video games on Twitch. You know, I would love to do that because mm. I, I'll catch myself playing video games and I'm like, you know, I'm saying, I'm just yelling at the TV screen. And that's essentially, you know, what these guys do in a very entertaining fashion. Um, so you could probably catch that very, very, very soon. Um, of course, there's other things that I love to do. You know, I mean, I love watching TV series. So I would love to be an actor as well one day. Uh, I just got through uh, Queen of the South. <laughs> Phenomenal show, you know what I mean? Cartel stuff, it, it gets me going. Uh, but also like, you know, I love listening to rap as well, especially feminine rap, you know, um, rappers such as Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. To me, you know, they're in such a male dominated industry. And to me, that's almost like me being more feminine or whatever the case might be coming into professional wrestling in a very masculine dominated world and being like sprinkling my, hey, no, this is me. And I'm gonna put my myself out there and things to impact wrestling, you know, be able to be my true and authentic self and turn that up to a thousand. Well, I'm looking forward to the Twitch video game streaming, the X Division title in your future, et cetera. Thank you for your time, Jay, and looking forward to it all. Thank you so much, Darren. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Outrocast. Dexter, aside from having to talk to me, is your day going fine so far? My day's going great. You know, I got to get in, get the gym. I had a couple phone interviews. Now I'm looking at your beautiful collection of Jameson bottles, thinking about, well, you know, where I'm going to be, hopefully at the end of this interview sometime today after, you know, because it's different. I wish we can get together and have a real conversation, maybe even share that glass of Jameson. But when you're talking to a laptop all day, it's nice to kind of find ways to keep it exciting. So I hear you. And FYI, that Jameson actually a holiday tabletop tree that they sell in stores so what can no you no way but but we're here to talk about you and oh. it's a wonderful 
binge. And It's a Wonderful Binge is an American high production. I've had the pleasure of interviewing Jeremy. Was oh, this great. filmed upstate like all the other American high productions? This one was shot in Syracuse, New York. And, you know, they, they do a really great job of, of putting on for that city, bringing some business there, bringing the film and bringing arts there in general, you know, and um, shout out to Jeremy Garlic, my guy, like he literally chose me and picked me from the time we did binge one. So um, I look, I, I, I just thank God for him every day. And, you know, Jordan is just such a comedic genius. And, you know, he's a, he's a New Yorker as well. I'm from Jersey. So the East coast Trinity is really there. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying our best. We're trying our best to just, keep bringing films to places, you know, film can be outside of LA, you know, it's okay. Yeah. And, 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 and then we can provide an experience for people who don't usually get the chance to have it. And I can say in Syracuse, New York, it's not something that they were familiar with. So it's nice to bring it there. What time of year was this filmed? Cause sometimes oh. you find your favorite Christmas movies were made in the summer. You know, so it's funny you ask because we were originally supposed to shoot this thing in May and then um, scheduling conflicts with Eduardo and I came up. And and so, you know, we both were like, OK, let's try to go in January and trying to shoot a Christmas movie in January in Syracuse is very much so Christmas in Syracuse. You know, there's a couple scenes in the movie where there is real snow. We have on real earmuffs. It was very cold. They got as low as like, you know, minus 10. And we had snowstorms, windstorms like you would have never seen. But Syracuse is like one of those weird cities that I feel like is like built for it, you know, like people, if it was LA, the world would have shut down. But in Syracuse, they're like, yeah, we got five feet. So what? Strap the tires on. Let's get to the Gipsy. I'm like, you want to go to Wegmans right now? It's 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 a blizzard. It's a blizzard outside. Why are we going to get sushi from Wegmans? Because it's great. Because yeah, they, it is really good. It's really non-GMO gluten-free sushi at Wegman. Yeah. It's fantastic. And clearly you could tell what I dieted off of this entire time I was filming that movie because you're like the yellowtail sashimi. Let me not get started. I'm I'm already I'm talking late. about lunch. It's only 1125 in LA. So let me not. Coming soon. Well, you mentioned yeah. before about being busy. And in this household, you are Devante on Save by the Bell. Oh. My wife and I love the reboot. It was such a smart updating of the show did you know it was that good when you were casting the role yo so you know i read the pilot first of all when i got the audition i was like nah i'm not doing this you know like i love say by the bell grew up watching it like rode the bus and then i read the pilot and what tracy wigfield our showrunner and our brilliant creative like what she did with that show finding a way to humanize that world and, mm -hmm. and ground Bayside in its reality while simultaneously bringing a whole new reality into this universe mm -hmm. um, was so brilliant and I remember reading the pilot and I called my manager and agent and I'm like this kid is me like I have to go get this you know what I mean like it wasn't one of those because auditioning is my job I feel like and you know booking the job is my reward yeah and so, you know there's certain days when you like when you don't want to get up and go to drive to the audition this is before COVID when everything was self-tapes you know like right. you gotta get in the car and and go and do the thing and so, you know, there's times when you don't want to get up and go to work, but then there's times when you're like, I'm going to slam this job today. And you did. And, and I was so happy I did because that show was such a blessing in my life and getting the chance to work with Josie Toda and, you know, the entire cast and the OGs, of course, like from the top down has truly been just an amazing experience. So um, I miss Absolutely. it. You know, we wish we were coming back for season three, but like we were just talking about in another interview that I did, the streaming game is a whole complicated Mm -hmm. cluster you know of, of of numbers and 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 things and so you know sometimes it doesn't come down to how the show is or how it's performing it just comes down to what makes sense for them 
And unfortunately, our show did not make sense for Peacock anymore. But I think it's I'm happy that it's making sense in your household. And, you know, I, I still have kids coming up to me and being like, are you Devontae from Save by the Bell? And I'm like, you know what I am? And having a chance to play a black kid from the hood, coming to a good school and like wanting to make something different from himself, you know, and and not just do sp- sports, even though that's great, but simultaneously pouring into the arts and, and, and having a different representation on screen was really beautiful for me. And then another franchise that, that is loved in this household, Half-Baked 2. Yes, sir. Congratulations <laughs> on that end. Thank you. Before I let you go, being mindful of your time, because everyone wants to talk to Dexter today. Oh, thank uh, you. How long did you have to keep it a secret that Half-Baked 2 was in the <sighs> making? About two months, about two to three months before it broke, because I think, you know, when we were shooting in Baton Rouge and Baton Rouge is another place that's like, you know, tax breaks in Louisiana. And, yes. <laughs> and you know, when we, when they saw Rachel, who's the original Mary Jane coming back yes. and they saw me walking around, they were like, something is, this is weird. Outro cast. <laughs>